Buddhist geeks. Seriously Buddhist, seriously geeky. Episode 119, The Dharma Overground. Theravada teacher Daniel Ingram joins us again to discuss the online Dharma community that he founded last year, The Dharma Overground. You can find The Dharma Overground at dharmaoverground.wetpaint.com. This is part two of a two-part series. Buddhist Geeks is supported largely by the generosity of our listeners. If you like what we're doing, please consider making a one-time or a small recurring donation by visiting buddhadharma20.com slash donate. In addition to writing this book and, and trying to help people out in that way, you also, about a year or so ago, approached me and said, hey, I'd really like to do this online community. I'd like to be having these kind of discussions, these transparent, open, down-to-earth, practical discussions about real Dharma practice in a community with people. And we would be transparent about things, and it would be all about how to actually do this stuff, the concentration and insight gold practices, and of course, ethics when it's important, like you're saying. And we threw up uh, what's called the Dharma Overground, which is a online community for people who want to discuss this stuff. And, and many of them are, of course, familiar with your work and familiar with some of the language. But I was wondering if you could say a little bit about how this experiment in bringing these people together and talking about this stuff has gone. Yeah, I mean, this is actually way more exciting to me at the moment than my book is. This is just fantastic. I just can't even tell you how exciting it is to be a part of the Dharma Overground. And I'm so thankful for all your help and technical support in getting that going and hopefully getting, you know, version 2.0, getting that going. Yeah, Vince has just been uh, phenomenal in terms of helping me uh, to make this thing happen. So thank you, uh, Vince. It's been absolutely wonderful to have your support in this. Yeah, sure thing. Actually, I should talk about the history a little bit. Yeah. So we started out actually as the Dharma Underground, which was a password-protected site, and I invited sort of my loose cadre of advanced and aspiring-to-be-advanced meditator friends, the kind of people for, you know, with whom for months and years and uh, sometimes decades I had been having these kinds of conversations where we just talk about the states and stages and how to get through them and how to deal with them and what was going on in our practice at a very high level and yet a very down-to-earth, hey, this is just what's going on. And, this is how we're trying to figure it out kind of level. So we all met behind closed doors because a lot of these people were not ready to start talking about their insights publicly. You know, there's this sort of huge taboo. Ooh, you can't say you've attained to a jhana and you can't say you've attained to a jhana and you sure as heck can't say you've attained to a path. And telling people you're an anagami and arhat would really be crazy, much less that you had ever had powers or done any of these kinds of things. Ooh, you just can't do that. You know, I've been out online for a while, way out in public, but a lot of these people were not at all comfortable with that. So we started the Dharma Underground, where we could all start to get comfortable with that. And so quickly we realized that talking amongst ourselves was kind of interesting, but not nearly as interesting as what happened when we talked to some other people who were trying to figure this stuff out. And we thought, well, what good is it just us being in the sort of closet? So we started the Dharma Overground. And very quickly the Dharma Underground died because no one was interested anymore. And the Dharma Overground uh, completely blossomed. And so now we have this amazing community where people are, are with a, a few exceptions, very comfortable talking about their attainments and their states and their stages and what they're going through and the errors they've made and how they've managed to do this and very comfortable debating and hashing out fine points of, you know, more Advaita approaches versus Vipassana approaches and sort of more immediate things. And we've got Zen people there and Shingon masters there and we've got lots of uh, Vipassana practitioners who are incredibly strong and lots who are sort of in the medium stages and lots who are sort of trying to figure, you know, they're across the rising and passing away or, you know, even some earlier stages and they're trying to figure out how to get high 
hire a territory or how to get stream entry. And we're just hanging out like like back in the days of the Buddha. You know, these people were all just hanging out talking about this stuff in just straightforward terms. And there they all be in their field and you could hear everyone talking and the novices would be listening to the Anagamis and the Arahats debating stuff. And it was all just this sort of open thing back in the day. And I wanted to try to recreate something like that online, like they had back then, where you could just actually be around people who really had wisdom and insights and really knew their way around their mind in a cushion and really knew their way around the states and knew how to do things and explored interesting aspects of the thing. And we've all got our different strengths and our different weaknesses. And we've all got our different things we find interesting. But it's just been amazing. We've got people there who are masters of energetic sort of more Qigong practices. And we've got a pretty good cadre of people who probably have finished up at least the insight stages and a number of second path people and a number of people have gotten stream entry since they've joined us. They've had the tremendous support that that sort of openness provides. And it's just been absolutely incredible to see this thing. And as everyone who comes to it says, there's just nothing else like it on the web. I mean, we can't find anything. I looked at all these places and I try to, you know, walk into these conversations and talk about ordinary, straightforward, empowering, stage and state and goal-based, yet immediate, grounded dharma. And people just freaked out <laughs> and they would quote absurd texts at me and they'd say, oh, you can't do this and oh, you claim to be that and oh, how ridiculous that is. And they'd all get obsessed with things like that. And the amount of people looking for practical wisdom was basically zero. And yet every now and then you'd run into someone who really did want the real stuff. And I'd get these emails from people saying, I just can't find this anywhere. And so now that exists. And now there is this community where people can just talk about these things and use similar language and terminology to try to figure things out. And it's just been absolutely incredible. And the, the benefit people have gotten in out of it is obvious, as they say all the time. So there's constantly this outpouring of gratitude on the site for thank you, thank you, thank you for all the people who are here making this happen. And it's just so nice to have this community of wisdom where it's not just one dude saying, hey, I'm the wise dude, come follow me, but lots of very strong, very accomplished practitioners all helping each other out with their various strengths and things they can do and helping to help out all the people who are trying to come up and do this in some sort of, hey, we're just a bunch of dudes hanging out, talking about it in a nice open way. So it's just been fantastic to see that happen. And I'm wondering, in a sense, it's now a little bit out of your hands, which is you probably are relieved. Yes. Um, and it's got its own, just like any community, its own telos, its own direction that it's heading in. I'm wondering, though, from your perspective, since you've been so involved, where you would hope to see this kind of thing head. Yeah, so the next thing I want to build, you know, there's my book. And I, obviously, I'm a huge fan of my book, or I wouldn't have uh, written it. Um, <laughs> you know, it helps to sort of, for the Dharma Overground, actually does help to define or clarify some terms and concepts, or at least give some points that people can debate, sort of an underlying framework. But even more interesting than my book, I actually would love to build, would be a more community-based wiki, where we sort of try to do something like what my book does, but with a more Wikipedia-style approach, with lots of skilled, talented contributors building up a vast hyperlinked wiki enabled website where people can quickly get into the terminology that we use and you know and some of the terminology that other people use and how it aligns with other people's maps and things so that people can all try to get on the same page and actually communicate clearly with each other about what we're all talking about and thus be empowered to help each other go deeper and more profoundly into their own practices and other things i would like at the moment, it's actually, it is a very talented group of practitioners talking to themselves, and there are some people who are trying to come up, but I would like more people who are, you know, in the earlier stages of the path, and more people around so we can help them get through the dark night, or get the rising and passing away, or get stream entry for the first time, or really get into some concentration states, or really figure out what to do with this low-level bliss state they've come up with, or really figure out how to transition from just sort of hyper-psychologized, endlessly neurotic dharma, sorry... <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, to something way more profound and powerful than that. Those are some of the things I would like to see on the uh, Dharma Overground. And they'd expand out because we now really do have a core group of people who know a lot. And really, there's a, a, such a, a big team there of people who are pretty well established in insight that I really think we could handle some more. And maybe I'm just slitting my throat and there will be 10,000 people who suddenly arrive and <laughs> it'll just be crushed. But I, I think it, it really could handle more of that. And I think that more people would be empowered to do more on the cushion. And uh, so I'm hoping it will continue to grow in some healthy way. And what you mentioned earlier about people who've joined and since have really realized some deep stuff. You know, oh, yeah. Getting stream entry and that sort of thing. It's not just a bunch of people talking about theory. It's actually, like you're saying, people helping each other out. People go back from a discussion, put something into practice, and then actually have results and come back. And that, that oh, yeah. is really unique. I mean, it, that doesn't usually happen outside of retreat centers or sometimes in local communities where they're good teachers. Right. And so it's, it has been amazing to see some of these kids, some, some pretty young, going, wow, I really have understood something. And to see them suddenly be transformed into much wiser, more integrated, powerful uh, Dharma people. And so that's been really exciting. And a lot of people are also using it. You know, they'll hang out there and they'll get their inspiration and they'll get their fine-tuning of their practice and their fine-tuning of their theory and concepts and what they're looking for. And then they'll go off on a retreat somewhere too, you know, like you do. And like uh, some of these other people are going to Malaysia or going to Spirit Rock or going to IMS and or some of these other places around. And sort of this back-and-forth process where they take the stuff they've gotten from the Dharma Overground, some of the resources there, and then they go on back to the cushion and try to apply it. And then they get wherever they get and they come back and they say, hey, this is where I've gotten so far. You know, what's next? How do I get to the next thing? And they're sort of back and forth uh, that they're doing between retreats or just very strong daily practice and Dharma Overground theory. But it is just by the nature of what it talks about, it does seem to draw with an unusually high degree of success those people who care about real empowered, open, straightforward, practical, applied, integrated Dharma where they really are doing it. And it really has, at the moment, almost no annoying theoreticians, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah, we've, we've done a pretty good job of, of keeping it clean of that. So. <laughs> For the moment, it's in a, sort of a golden phase, and I'm, it'll be interesting to see how long the golden phase lasts. Yeah, this, this interview may be the end of the golden phase. We'll see. But actually, yeah, I, I think the people that listen to Buddhist Geeks, because they tend to be open to, to different perspectives on this thing, also tend to be the people that find your work really interesting. And I think that's why we've interviewed you so many times because of the response we get. People actually really enjoy your work. They really enjoy Thank your you. view. So, yeah, I just would really encourage people that are resonating with what Daniel's talking about to go check out the Dharma Overground and see what's going on there. And if you find value in it, great. If you don't, that's fine. And I think going back to one thing you said, they're not just people going on retreats, but there are people that are making significant progress and developing lots of wisdom and concentration and things like that by doing a strong daily practice. I was wondering if you could say a little bit more about that because that's something that you are explicitly trying to support people in is to practice in whatever context they can. Yeah. And so this has been one of the most amazing things. I mean, I've, I've seen some of these guys, you know, in, on no retreat time, tend to stream entry and way beyond. I mean, it's just been absolutely incredible to see. I think the Dharma Overground at the moment somehow has self-selected from the millions and millions of people who are out there on the web, a few people who are really ripe and really engaged. And yet, 
they all say, wow, this really helped my practice tremendously. There's been nothing else like this. It was just so incredibly helpful and normalizing and useful to actually just be around people who were just talking about the stuff like it was anything else, like it was just another skill set, which it is, you know, like it was just another technical endeavor or just another project or just another thing you could learn to do. There's a few people there who are at least second path and, you know, some maybe third path and some maybe even arahats or whatever you want to call them who have done it in curiously short periods of time with uh, strangely little uh, retreat time except just profound engagement with what these things mean and profound engagement with how it applies to their own mind and profound inquiry and, oh, how do these things on the Dharma Overground, how does that apply to my own experience? And somehow it seems to be doing something uh, really useful in them. And I, I, it's a way better response or effect than I even would have expected, in all honesty. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting just stepping out of the interviewer role for a second as a, as a participant in this community. One thing I've noticed is because there's so many people involved and because we're receiving kind of in real time new information about how practice unfolds differently for different people at different yeah. rates and these sort of things. It's actually expanding collectively our understanding about about awakening in a broader sense. And that is really fascinating. I don't think that could happen in, in no. a community that didn't have enough kind of data points, if you will, to pull from. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of data there. And what's interesting is the kind of data you almost never get. So these conversations traditionally have taken place in sort of closeted doors between master and student or, you know, between sort of guarded practitioners who would sort of go off into some corner of the retreat center or have some private conversation in the privacy of their own home about, oh, I think I may have actually gotten some insight. What do you think of this? You know, <laughs> so it's like some huge closeted taboo thing. And yet here are people just honestly talking about their practice and their successes and what they think they've done and, you know, why they think they've done it and what it was like in the actual experiences and you know you can go and read and read their stuff and it's just astounding because those kinds of conversations have been so closeted that people just don't have the benefit of seeing oh wait you actually can do this and oh wait oh that's very much like what i'm going through maybe i just need to do a little bit more of this or oh wow i'm closer than i thought i was or oh that's interesting i didn't know you could do that or that that could even happen or that that would be a valid approach or oh that really helps me understand what this experience that i had was and when you get to see those sort of normalizing conversations and a sort of a broader context with a broader range of people going through it with their own quirks and their own ways of talking about things and their own individual tendencies and proclivities and everyone's got their variations on the basic themes. But it's just been amazing to see that and to have it recorded and to see it in a broader context. As you mentioned, it is uh, an incredible thing. Now, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, I want to just point out, we're mostly, uh, as one as one participant said, a white, geeky men's club. <laughs> it's not to say yes. there aren't women, there aren't people of divergent race or background, there are people from a diversity of places, but mostly it seems to be attracting currently a certain... I mean, you mentioned dudes and guys a couple times there in your yes. description. And it, well, that's true, because that's at the moment the reality of what it is. And there's been some discussion and debate about why it does seem to be a sort of a, a geeky men's club. But it's not like a club, because it's wide open. Anyone can come and show up. And why it does seem to be self-selecting for that, I'm not quite sure. I mean... I, you know, I don't know. Even uh, some of the 
women who hang out on the site. I'm not sure I've gotten clear, definitive answers of why they think it may be the way it is. But for the moment, that is odd. And there probably may be some shadow sides there that we haven't looked into. Or maybe it's something in our advertising. Or maybe there's just something we have a more masculine, I hate to use the term style, but you know what I mean. Yeah, we've sort of had some conversations about this on the Dharma Overground. You can go check those out. It's not hard to find them about why it is sort of more obviously very, very male white geeky site but there it is it's true and if uh, we would love some more uh, diversity not just for diversity's sake but because we want to feel everyone is welcome i think there's good wisdom there to be shared and uh, we want everybody to be able to partake in that participate in and contribute to it if they wish to so hopefully someone showing up oh this is just some dude's club even though at the moment it unfortunately is, but it's not designed to be that way and it's not in any way exclusive or trying to alienate or exclude or keep anybody out. Just at the moment seems to be the general trend. And I think the cool thing is the more divergent perspectives enter, the more I see the community growing and becoming more inclusive. So I'll just end with that because I think there is a lot of opportunity for us to become aware of our own shadows and to continue to grow as a community. And, and I just wanted to, to talk to you about this particular community because I think it's the best thing out there on the web right now, besides Buddhist Geeks. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I think if anyone's interested in the, in the kind of practical, down-to-earth Dharma that you're talking about, it's a great place to, to hang out. Thank you. Yep, yeah. and uh, thanks to everyone there who's uh, been helping to contribute to it. A lot of uh, people actually came to it through Buddhist Geeks one way or the other. So thank you, Buddhist Geeks, for uh, helping with all this. And uh, to you, Vince, for all your technical support and participation, which has been excellent. Yeah, thank you. And again, the website is dharmaoverground.wetpaint.com. So you can check it out there. And we'll also have a link in the episode notes on BuddhistGeeks.com. Join us for the fourth annual Buddhist Geeks Conference, hosted in partnership with Mindful Cyborgs and Shambhala Sun from October 16th through the 19th in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. This year's conference will be exploring the convergence of Buddhism with modern culture and technology through informative keynote presentations, idea-packed TED-style talks, self-organizing community dialogues, and contemplative workshops and practice periods. This year's list of presenters includes the world's most quantified man, Chris Dancy, abbot of the village Zendo in New York City, Roshi Pat Enkyo O'Hara, and pragmatic Dharma provocateur, Daniel Ingram, as well as many others. For more information and to register, visit BuddhistGeeks.com conference. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.